all, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I'll be honest, I'm I'm committing the crime of all crimes. I'm starting to forget November a little bit. Ah, but we are supposed to remember November. Uh, 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 I'm not listening to the existential rules. Yeah, so we are back in ECW, our first episode since we watched November to remember 94. Neither of us really liked it. So uh, it's unfortunate. It see it was it was uh it, it it had things that could have been fun, but it just it, it early ECW'd it all up essentially. <laughs> Yeah, it's it felt like it it feels like, you know, when you put it all together in a pay-per-view event. It kind of like you see how thin the roster you see you see how thin the roster is. Yeah, yeah, without all the talent. padding to distract. Yeah, we I, we said we talked about this last time, right? Like without all the padding to distract you, uh woof. Yeah. Uh but as was revealed in the big uh, in the in the big reveal on November to remember 94 was um the Sandman allegedly was had to retire oh. due to his eye injury uh, and his match with uh, Tommy Dreamer. Except, get worked, Marks. Get no, it's worked. not. It's all a, a ruse. Bow, 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 bow. He was faking it the whole time. Bow, 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 bow. You all got worked. Oh, yeah, oh, I, would, oh. I was hoping that Woman and and Sandman would have an explanation for why. And they kind of uh, didn't. They were just like, you all fell for our plan. And I'm uh, like, why did you have a plan at all? Ima- ima- imagine explaining things. What, what, you know, you don't need to explain shit. The audience got worked like a bunch of marks. And that's all the explanation you need. They they should be the ones explain. This is their fault. This is on them. I mean, fuck, fuck those guys. They, what, they should be explaining how they got so damn worked. Ah. <laughs> yeah so that was weird for two weeks we were supposed to feel bad for the sandman because he had to retire before his time yeah and, then and Tommy was, like, was there being like um excuse me something doesn't seem right about this please everyone's like nah, huge, fuck you he was a huge dick the whole time he was here yeah and they're like well shut up actually shut up we we all we all feel like sucking some sandman cock today you know sometimes you just get the craving but then Cairo was proven correct. The Sandman yeah. is a dirtbag. Justice. Justice for Cairo. I don't think he's ever getting that justice. No, not really. Unfortunately. Uh, so today we are watching the December 20th, 1994 episode of Hardcore TV. Basically the conclusion to the Tommy Dreamer Sandman storyline as best I can figure out. It's the best ending point I could find, really. Uh-oh. Um, it's other stuff has been wrapped up into it, so it's not like a clean 1v1. This is it for the final time we swear. Yeah. Kind of a matches. But after this match, I looked at the results and I looked at the, you know, the uh, match cards for the few episodes of TV after this, and they stop wrestling each other. So I'm like, okay, I oh, guess well. we're done. Yeah. I well. guess we're done here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ECW shrug emoji yeah <laughs> so honestly that kind of fits with what we were with where we've been in ecw for this whole arc 
Yeah. So the ep- this December 20th, 94 episode, it's basically the Christmas episode of ECW as much as they could have one. Uh, oh, and oh, ho, 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 I ho, mean, ho, a Santa's life for me. Yes, uh, because this is the first episode of they had they've had another big sh- event uh, holiday hell uh, from on December 17th, 1994. And actually, there is there is I I don't know if they sold it on VHS or not. Uh, it was not released commercially. The only thing that exists is a fan cam recording of the show that was tape traded, but they never commercially released it on VHS, so we can't watch it. Um, what? Yeah. So this episode of Hardcore TV is basically one of their like, hey, we just had a big show, so we're gonna spend like three weeks recapping it. For those of you who couldn't watch it live, and so that is, the and they basis. just straight up didn't preserve like just that random fucking this holiday. one. No, what? Holiday Hail '94 was not preserved. What? What? What, what was their pre- preservation process? Well, I mean, I guess we're, I guess we, we've watched all just like things that people had the good sense to to just fucking record off their TVs, put on VHS. Well, no, well, no, the, no, every, I mean. The week to week stuff, yeah, but yeah. The, but the pay per view offerings are only have only ever been um, what they release commercially on VHS, and I couldn't tell you why they decided to not uh, do that. Yeah, because Holiday Hell was a pay per view, right? It was. I mean, as mu- as good as you know, ECW wasn't doing pay per views, but I mean, it was a big live event they that they you know built to on tv so yeah uh, uh, you know what you know what I, it just it just became clear to me because what we forgot to factor in austin is that paul Heyman is notoriously a genius with money and he looked at this whole situation and he said hmm you know it's the holiday season and i could release a giant pay-per-view I was going to say DVD, but I guess VHS, whatever, for, you know, our big holiday PPV to to commemorate the season. But who's spending money in the month of December on frivolous bullshit? Nobody. That's who. This is going right in the dumpster. Ain't no one going to fucking buy it. Not this month. No, sir. that's, That's exactly what happened. I suppose it's honestly it's a really fucking good card too actually like wait really uh well the last three matches are but you know that's all <laughs> you really need yeah well uh stevie richards versus jt smith who gives a fuck any either way right yeah, yeah, but you know the last three matches are all pretty dope so okay. kind of sad that they aren't but let's go ahead and talk about it i will uh tailor my front half around this card to make it to so let's Let's end with Dreamer and Sandman. Let's okay. let's end with it. Uh, other stuff going on right now is basically uh, the TV title scene, the tag title scene, the world title, and then stuff with um, uh, um, uh, kind of the sat the uh, Paul Heyman's group collectively. Uh, so okay. the first thing I'll talk about is. The world title scene, pretty quick and easy. Uh, Shane Douglas is essentially still fighting with Ron Simmons um, for the world title. It, uh, uh, basically, they've just been cutting promos back and forth on each other, doing trash talk. 
Like they're oh, real God. character advancement, but they're good promos because <laughs> they got Ron it. Simmons is very good, and so is Shane Douglas. Look, Austin, if I've learned anything from my GM mode, it's that if the rivalry is close to being blown off, but it's not pay per view time yet, you just keep just keep cutting those fucking promos. <laughs> to, 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 you don't want to make it stale. Boiling. Yeah, you got you got you got to cut those promos. Keep it boiling, baby. The only real point of imp- the only real important thing that happened in terms of care match stuff is that there was is it remember we talked about the last time we had the Shane Douglas promo where he announced that stunning Steve Austin was his tag partner for yes. an upcoming match. Well, Steve Austin got injured. So Oh no. So instead he replaced him with the other half of the Hollywood blondes, Brian, Brian Pillman. Pillman. Yeah, so I remember that. Yay! Pil- Pillman, Sherry, Martell, and Shane Douglas all together for a tag match against Ron Simmons and Two Cold Scorpio, and actually it was a pretty good tag match. Uh, and then it went, and then shit went crazy. Uh, essentially, Sherry Martell turned on Shane Douglas. And oh. she she can't ever she she turns on people all the fucking time. You can you can never trust Sherry Martell. Oh but shit. She turns on Shane Douglas, and that's how Ron Simmons is able to beat Shane Douglas in the tag match. He pinned Shane. And then after the match, Shane Douglas was like, the fuck was that, Sherry? And then peeking out of the corner of her bra. I don't know why this was here, but it was important. It was a picture of Rick Flair. Sherry Martell was an agent for no! Flair. <laughs> oh no! Wait, wait. This is actually kind of blowing my mind. The whole like weird bullshit with Shane Douglas constantly like shadow boxing against Ric Flair actually came to some kind of bullshit fruition. It no, came to as much fruition as it ever was going to. No fucking way dude that's so funny yeah oh my god okay that's actually amazing i i love that oh my god so shane douglas realized this was all a con by rick flair because he's too much of a coward to face him himself and so (laughs) they're like if we can't get rick flair on tv we'll just Say he's involved anyway. Fuck it. Why not? Fuck it. Put, a, put, a, put gonna, a picture of him and Sherry Martell's. Put, put a picture of him and Sherry Martell's tits. It's, that's it's good enough for us. Yeah. Honestly, so, you know, honestly, think about it. Ric Flair would probably like being between Sherry uh, Martell's tits. Hey, oh. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah. So Shane Douglas is enraged. He yells at Flair for being not enough of a man to deal with him himself and send a woman to do his job. And then he gives Sherry Martell a pile driver, and that's about it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Getting that intergender violence. It truly is extreme up in here. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, but other, than, but other than that, which was kind of insane, I need to talk about it. But other than that, you know, Shane and Ron Simmons are going to have another match for the ECW world title. Goddamn. Okay. Which, that's a good transition to talk about the TV title scene. So, Jason, the world's sexiest man, uh, has, he, Todd Gordon has finally had enough of Jason's bullshit. I mean, I kind of feel like he had enough of Jason's bullshit last time. True, but Jason's decided to keep flirt, uh, flaunting the rules. So, Todd Gordon laid down the law specifically that, like, if, 
Dean, if Dean Malenko doesn't get out of here right now, then you're going to be fired. You're losing your manager's license. You're losing your wrestler's license. You're losing the title. You're out of here. Your wrestler's license. Right. You know, in, in old-timey kayfabe, the idea was that to be a manager, you needed Well, yeah, you told me about the manager's license thing. It's, I did it's, know it's, there part, was... it's part of the athletic commission bullshit. Like, if, okay. you, if you actually still wrestle in a state that has an athletic commission uh, over wrestling, such as uh, New Hampshire, for example, you actually do need a physical license to be able to wrestle in the state. Damn. Damn. The, the New Jersey, the land of lawlessness and hookers still makes you have a fucking wrestling license. Man, glad 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 they really are are uh, applying applying uh some good old bureaucracy somewhere. What, what would the world be without it? Everything's legal in New Jersey except wrestling except without wrestling a license. Wrestling without a license, baby. So oh, anyway, so Todd Gordon threatens Jason, so he Dean Malenko has to go to the back, and then Jason decides to try to be slick, and he brings out the pit bulls, and Todd Gordon's like, "No, you can't have them either." <laughs> Jason's just got everybody in his pocket. He's like, "Oh, Malenko's out. All right, who wants some money? Get come, come get, come get some money. Come get some money from your boy." So eventually it is a straight one-on-one -on -one match between uh, Jason and two cold Scorpio for oh. the TV title. Ooh. And after some ref bump bullshit, Malenko still decides to interfere except two cold Scorpio beats his ass anyway. And two cold Scorpio beats Jason for the TV title. Fucking based. You'll love to see it. Except... Oh, no. He only has it for a week because the next episode he faces Dean Malenko for the TV title. Oh, and no. Dean Malenko beats him. So now the TV title is back with Jason's crew. It's oh, just God. on Malenko now. Fuck off. But it was what? very it was very funny to watch Jason cry over this as if he has lost a a a beloved lover. I mean, when to he be lost fair, he was TV like title. singing lullabies to the TV. He did serenade like, it and like he, I think hang out in bed with it naked. No, no, I think we did determine he does prize it above any like human lover he could have. So you know that actually that that makes sense. Right. So Dean Malenko is now the TV champion nice <laughs> yeah but it was it was i hate i hate they got rid of get it off a of two cold scorpio so soon but it was very satisfying after watching jason just do this bullshit forever and ever and ever that two cold just like fuck you man <laughs> Jay, jason jason's like jason's like hey hey fuck out of here i don't need you i i got i fuck fuck you <laughs> Righto. So then uh the tag title match. Uh the public enemy are still the champions. Uh <laughs> he has a match. They, they had a match against Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan that we're gonna circle back to. Okay. But just know that the public enemy won. And then the match ended in a complete kerfuffle of nonsense as 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 they're wont to do. Oh no! Oh, that did. But then also, they had a match against Sabu and the Tasmaniac, who have now become like bros because they're both crazy or something. Uh, sure, sure. I I but, guess so. 
They had Mr. a tag Maniac, match. Mr. Boo, great, great, uh, great bedfellows, you know. They had a tag t- title match that ended with the public enemy and a bunch of nonsense that ended with first the public enemy put Paul Heyman through a table. Oh, fuck. Paul Heyman taking table bumps. You know what? That sounds about right. Paul Heyman is a fucking maniac. Paul Heyman's like, yeah, give me another one. Give me another one. Oh, I need it. And then, um, after the mat, and then after that, the public enemy put Sabu through a table, and uh, Joey Styles is losing his mind on commentary of like this. This is Sabu's worst nightmare. He he's put so many people through tables himself, and now he's going through a table. Ah, uh, yes, Sabu's ultimate superpower: projecting. <laughs> But they also talk about how he's had the cracked ribs like a month ago. Yeah. And he's going through the table. And they're like, Tasmaniac is despondent. He is, he can't, he's, he's, he's going crazy. Tasmaniac is, is, is sad because his, his new bestest friend is hurt. You know, he's beside himself. I have observed Taz for the past like year, roughly. And, some change with with just seeing him pop up in other small random spots in what we've covered for the podcast um i don't imagine taz as a man who has terribly many uh super binding personal connections he seems to be able to let go of those somewhat easy r.i.p team taz well, Mr. Ma- Mr. Maniac is sad because someone hurt his new brother. His new brother. Oh, no, not the brother. So they're getting a rematch for the tag title match at Holiday Hell. But in addition to that is that because Sabu is part of Pauly Dangerously's crew, now like the Ret- like 911 is now also fighting Jason's sensation, Jason's uh, team. Because, and in fact, on this episode, we will see from Holiday Hell, 911 in a handicap match against both the Pitbulls. I wonder how he's going to beat them. Could it possibly be through the use of choke slams? Choke slam. The double right. choke slam. There's only one man in my life who who I can truly adore watching double choke slam, and that's Luchasaurus. If your name's not Luchasaurus, I got bad news for you, buddy. I'm probably going to be kind of fucking bored by your choke slamming, because like you, you could, you are choke slamming people, sure, but are you doing it in a dinosaur mask? That's true. Mm. Mm. All right, time to get to the complicated tale of this, of this, of where we're ending Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. So after immediately after the November to remember. You know, I I did we Tommy Dreamer cut a promo that you know if he's gonna die in the ring, he's gonna die. But he's taking the Sandman with him. Yeah, yeah. The the Tommy Dreamer murder suicide wish keeps getting uh keep, keeps getting stronger and stronger. May, you know, it's times like this, I'm really happy they didn't give spots like these angles like these to baby Chris Benoit. Uh, that they went with a different new face of the company to to give such insanity to, because uh, you know one of those would have aged far worse than than what we currently have. Uh, well, uh, 
speak that just reminds me of i've been i meant to tell you about this i hate to derail this for a second but Uh-oh. is is on smackdown versus raw 2007 which as a reminder a video game that came out about six ish months before the murder suicide okay they do an in on this in that game story mode benoit has a has a storyline with the undertaker and the undertaker says verbatim and he's again he's talking about just getting his ass kicked by the undertaker of course but what he says is is your your grieving family will only have you to blame for when the inevitable occurs what the fuck (laughs) they're like no 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 what the fuck such poorly aged lines oh no and that was like a custom line for the undertaker to say to benoit yeah, it was just part of it. At that point in time, they story mode had like preset storylines. And one of them was Benoit versus The Undertaker. And you get inserted as a third character. Ah! But yeah. What? The also, fuck? also in that storyline is, and the idea, and for context, the idea is that like Benoit, The Undertaker is making Benoit but go more unhinged. And you get an email from Teddy, you get a voicemail from Teddy Long at one point where he's like, Hey, Playa, you know, we haven't heard from Benoit in a week and we don't, and nobody really knows where his head's at right now. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You know, we should, oh boy, oh boy. We, we, we sure love playing into what a murderous motherfucker Benoit was. I mean, wait, it's Sabu who had the whole, a homicidal suicidal the genocidal the homicidal thing, right? suicidal genocidal sabu yes. we kept putting benoit in proximity of these deeply um de- de- deeply portent uh uh the, the storylines and angles man you you wonder if like a subconscious idea got planted somewhere in there like you know so maybe Benoit was just like was just like, well, shit. I get all this, all this like murder suicide like talk throughout my career. Guess I should like you know go do that for real. Really commit to the bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. All right, yeah. Since you were just talking about, uh, you know, what? Thank God this had nothing to do with Benoit. I just wanted to think throw that in there. It reminded me about SVR two thousand and seven. The last video game Benoit was ever in. And, oh man, what a final appearance. It sounds like it was. Anyway. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Okay. So, we actually, there actually go a couple of weeks without really talking about Sandman and Dreamer. So, we, I cut back to the public enemy match with Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Cactus Jack was unsure about teaming with Sullivan. They had a pretty long rivalry in WCW. But uh, in uh, in Mikey Whipwreck's own words, his mom isn't letting him come home until the public enemy is dealt with. So Wait, whose mom? Cap- Cactus Jacks or Kevin no, Mikey, Sullivan? No, Mikey Whipwreck's mom oh. isn't letting him come home. What? Wait, no. Wait, Whipwreck, no. Wait, the why the fuck won't his mom let him come home? That's because I didn't because, realize Mikey Whipwreck's mom was so invested. 
Uh, it's all part of the gag of how much a hapless loser he is. But, oh, uh, you know, Mikey Whipwreck has to like smack, literally smack J Cactus Jack into agreeing to this. But Mikey Whipwreck's theory is like, you need someone as unhinged as you are. So we're going to get Kevin Sullivan as a tag partner. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know you guys have history, but really, Cactus, this is for me. You're doing this for me. Put yeah, all your bullshit aside. It's kind of, it's a kind of, it's kind of fun reversal of reversal here of like now Mikey Whipwreck is browbeating Cactus Jack. Into yeah, I didn't realize Cactus Jack cared about Mikey Whip. Maybe he feels guilty for fucking like blinding Mikey Whipwreck, or no, no, blind striking Mikey Whipwreck at, at November to remember. So they have a tag match. Can they coexist? No, uh, Sullivan. What beats Sullivan turns on Cactus, and so that's pretty much why they lose. And after the match, uh, Jack Cactus Jack is cutting a promo, uh, where he's like, "Man, I knew I knew Kevin Sullivan was a dirtbag. I'm gonna kill you." And then in comes woman and is like, "Hey." Don't you talk about my husband like that? What? Remember, woman was married to Kevin Sullivan at this point in time. Did we did we know this? Had we established this previously? Probably not on screen in Okay. Officially, like in WCW lore, sure. Not in ECW cuz Kevin Sullivan's never been in ECW. And this was also true out Oh, yeah, 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 we we, we did talk about this. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, Nancy Sullivan. Duh. Okay, yeah. I'm caught up now. Oh man. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh god. Just speaking Oh man, the... I remember how I learned about that. Anyway. Yeah, so woman is like, "Hey, don't you talk about my husband like that?" Oh, and no. and then so Sandman starts caning Cactus Jack what, for this. What is it with ECW and like spurned wife angles as related to Sandman? Uh, so this, is, and then also it should be noted that Tommy Cairo is still a huge douchebag who hates Tommy Dreamer. And oh, so yes. Sandman and Dreamer are supposed to have a dueling canes match. Another one where Tommy Cairo is the official. And instead it never happens because Tommy Cairo teams up with the Sandman to just start whooping Tommy Dreamer's ass instead. Jeez. Please oh my do not God. think too the, hard what? about Tommy Cairo so, teaming up with the so, Sandman. So, so after all that, after all of that, after Cairo, well, okay, I, you know, fuck this whole Cairo was right business. Cairo is clearly just an asshole. Also, he has a new manager now. The Virgin Princess Angel. Oh, no. She's, she's, she gets, we've seen one promo of her, and she's just all over Angel. And she's like, yeah, Tommy, I've been saving myself for you. <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I am so I am so horny to lose my virginity to Tommy to Cairo. to to a to a man who spent 
weeks railing against the notion of sucking off the Sandman only to turn around and himself suck off the Sandman. Yep. She's so... she's she's really she's really in for getting that like second hand uh Sandman dick. That's real that's really what it is. It's all a plot to to replace sand to, to get to Sandman, replace Peaches and Oh yeah, what the fuck is going on with Peaches? Yeah, she's just gone. You know, no one cares. What? No one, cares. No one gives a shit about Peaches anymore. She was the impetus for this whole thing! And yeah, she doesn't now, exist anymore? Well, now everyone involved has moved on to a different woman. So, who fucking cares? What? She doesn't... She's not even with, like, Tommy Dreamer? She doesn't... Because nah, I feel like that would that. be the, the, the natural progression there. She's like, oh, Tommy, you're such a man for standing up to my asshole ex-husband who, no. who whored me out. And only ever had a problem with it when people didn't pay up for him whoring me out. Yeah, I, not that I probably ever saw a cut of that money in the first place anyway. So, like, really, it was just kind of like a really fucked up situation. And I, and I don't know how the hell I got trapped in that. But you you stood up to him. And, and, and Tommy Dreamer, I love you so much. Not, nothing like that? Nothing? No. No. Well, great. Bye, Peaches. Yeah, get fucked. Get, get out of here, Peaches. Oh, God. God damn it. So Cactus Jack came to make the save for poor Tommy Dreamer. And now we had this at Holiday Hell is a big old tag match. Cactus Jack and Tommy Dreamer versus the Sandman and Tommy Cairo. And Cactus Jack cut a great promo of like, I wasn't involved in any of this. Tommy Dreamer, I get why he's involved. And I get why he was mad at you. But I was a neutral party. And then you attacked me. And you got me involved. And that's your greatest mistake. Yeah, I I have to say, I'm kind of... I am excited about the idea of Cactus Jack inserting himself into this angle. Because, like... I guess, like, this isn't... This, this isn't going for any kind of belts. This isn't, like, technically, like, a main event tier angle. But, like... For, for our purposes, this has been the thing we've been focusing on. So getting to have one of my all-time fucking faves, Mick Foley, just kind of be like, yeah, why not? I guess I'm part of this too now. I It's weird. It's random. But I ain't complaining. And I will say, it probably will be really dope to see, like, newly minted, insane, badass Tommy Dreamer team up with motherfucking Cactus Jack. That's going to be some wild shit. Yeah, I I have high expectations for this match. I do too. For some hardcore hardcore shenanigans. Yeah, I as it's it was a messy road to get to this spot, but like as an ending point, seems pretty sick. Oh my god! Like uh, the 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 Dreamer Sandman stuff. Aside from like how fucking weird the whole Sandman was faking the blindness angle was. That part that part was all great. And, like, every time we saw Cactus Jack, he was certainly trying his best. So the best part of, like, everything else we've been watching, teaming up with, like, the highlight of the rest of this whole fucking arc for us, you know, it's gonna be pretty fucking dope. I, I always, always doubt to see Mick Foley cause some carnage, even if he's teamed up with understander of, of sexual ethics, Tommy Dreamer. Hey, hey you uh, right. So that will be basically that match tonight as well as the 911 match I mentioned are the two matches that are on this show from okay. Holiday Hell. Okay. So if you would like to watch along with us two matches holy shit. 
You can do so. There is a lot of promo packages. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's ECW Hardcore TV. I don't really know what you thought was going to happen. It's just <laughs> funny hearing out loud. Yeah, no, the whole two matches we're watching for this episode. What? Right. Sorry, not sorry. Anyway. <laughs> If you would like to watch this episode of Hardcore TV with us, you have two options. You can be the nice good boy who watches legally uh, on Peacock TV. You know, it's the NBC Universal uh, streaming service. That's where all of WWE shit is now. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's four ninety nine a month with ads. Nine ninety nine a month without ads. However, yeah. they censor out all of the all of the uh, music and i and and from what i understand this is a big one music wise so you're kind of oh. might want to watch this with the original tracks ho uh, ho 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 santa's life for me yes uh hopefully santa won't put us on the naughty list for this because oh, instead, no. <laughs> because they're also the ecw redub project if you type Thing, if you type something like ECW Restoration Project or ECW Redubs into Google, and you know you you might find a Reddit thread or a Google Drive, something like that, that talks about it, and you can see all of the original ECW with its original dubbed music that Paul Heyman definitely didn't fully license, if he licensed <laughs> any of it at all. That's, and that's why we only hear it in, in incidental arena music reverb. See, it's fine as long as we were only playing it in the arena and the cameras just ha- and the mics just happened to pick it up. It's, it's not our fault. It's not. Yeah, no, that, that totally exempts us from any copyright, right? <clears throat> yes. So you can do that. You also get to see the local adverts that ECW was running oh. at. Which have always, which have been a delight. Yeah, uh, folks, know, I'm telling you, this is a this is a quintessential part of the experience. I feel like you can't experience early ECW without getting a direct fucking rip from someone's like home VHS recording of the dumb, weird local ads that they would, ran these what, fucking shows with. What would ECW even be like if there wasn't Carter W. Reed jewelry ads in the middle of it? It would honestly feel like weird and wrong because what's like. Because what's made this, uh, like, like, like I said, there, dude, there is some legitimately good stuff that, that we've covered in this, uh, in this arc, especially a the whole like ECW telling the NWA to go fuck itself, and b obviously the whole for the for the most part the the whole Tommy Dreamer Sandman rivalry that that that's all been pretty dope. But like, we've made it quite clear throughout this arc that. This is some like rinky dink fucking television. Like they're they're scraping the bottom of the barrel somehow every week, padding the hell out of everything to like recap it all. And like the budget is like that of a fucking ham sandwich. And uh, like there there is the the production value tiny and and like it 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 all just feels cheap and fluffy. And so like having. The, the local commercials in there is l- quite seriously this is not a meme i feel like it really is a quintessential part of the experience of watching early ecw without which a lot of the charm would be kind of lost because it kind of takes out that context that you can experience viscerally of like yeah this feels like i'm just sitting down to watch like a fucking vhs recording of a live tv airing that you know on my like you know whatever 
analog TV or whatever the fuck, not analog, whatever the mm-hmm. fuck you call old TVs. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be, and 100%, unironically, the making of Terminator 2 bit was oh. absolutely a highlight of this whole fucking storyline. Insane. The, you, we talk about, we talk about swerves. Mm-hmm. I got fucking swerved with that making of Terminator 2 bit, okay? I I thought for sure they were going to be offer up, offering up that whole ass movie. And they're like, Terminator 2, the making of. The making of. Oh. Fun fact, Vince Russo actually wrote that that that, that particular advertisement. Little, little, few people know this. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> right. So now that we've given you our pitch for why you should be pirating this instead, in true ECW spirit, not paying for anything. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's the other thing. It's 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 thematic and and it's just it's just the right way of doing it. Do mm. it or you're a fucking narc. You don't yep. be a fucking narc, do you? No, of course not. Mm. So then you can watch that way. Uh, again, we are watching the December 20th, 1994 episode of ECW Hardcore TV, and we will see you in the back half to talk about it. See you then. And we are back. Uh, we have just finished the December 20th, 1994 episode of ECW Hardcore TV. That we did, Austin. That we did. Uh, you know... I feel like that was the most ECW episode of ECW we could have done. What a it, what a thing to end on. It really was. It was kind of anticlimactic, if I'm being honest, compared to some of the other shit we we started with. But it it had its moments, and oh boy, were the ECWisms out in full swing from the very start. You know, here's the awful thing. I think I had a lot more to say about what happened at the beginning of this episode than I did like by the end of it just because like well i mean the ending the end of it is what i expected to have happen you know i don't i don't think i was prepared for what was gonna happen to start the show i was not either it was a whole firestorm of what the fuck and i think we can just get into okay so so dear viewers the i suppose uh, austin correct me if i'm wrong you made it sound as though uh, at the end of each calendar year, ECW was wont to do, like, a yearly, like, retrospective clip show. I don't know if they do that every year, but they definitely okay. were doing it this one. You made it sound like you were fully expecting that to happen. But, but either way, at least that's how it sounded to me. But anyway. Oh, no, I just figured out what they were doing. Oh, was okay. Doing well, yeah. Was doing a year-end clip show. A year-end clip show. So, Bob Seger's Little Drummer Boy starts playing, and I'll... Oh boy, I'm sure that Paul Heyman got the rights to that. Mm-hmm. Now they open with a shot of the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Plaza in New yeah. York, and then they cut to like the ice rink, and then they just do ECW highlights from '94 set. Yeah, to Little Drummer Boy by, by Bob Seger. And here's the best part: it's like all like nostalgic slow mo. Hmm. To, to 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 really add a sense of sentimentality to, to these clips of men jumping off ropes attacking each other and fucking uh uh sandman or no not sandman um uh the the franchise uh shane douglas kyle driving sherry we got yeah, a nostalgic we- slow-mo recap of 
Shane Douglas pile driving Sherry Martell. The thing that happened like two weeks ago. To Bob Seeger's little drummer boy. What? Truly incredible. And and see, I thought it was gonna be they play a few clips and then they're like, all right, you know, that's our intro. What they play through the entire fucking song. No, they they got clips from all year. And then Paul get, like, I worked very hard to steal this music and I would and I need to see the fruits of my labor come to their proper full fruition. Put a pin put a pin in that for later. Hey oh yeah, so that that video plays and then we get the normal ECW. And intro. then we're I I just thought that that was gonna replace the intro, but no, we get another like well I, I guess this music this music is probably one of the rare ones that wasn't stolen. Wait, was it? Was this also stolen music? I'd like to think he wouldn't have stole Thunder Kiss 65 because it's the fucking theme song to the TV show, but I mean, I can't promise anything. You never know. But yeah, we get another whole ass sequence of clips of ECW past set to music. So just so good. I think we'll have it a second time. Yeah. I feel like you really could have just done away with the intro, but, but, oh, 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 fuck. I had a whole shit. I, I had a whole bit that I wanted to do for the, for the back half. Damn it, I forgot. Fuck, because if there's one thing ECW loves doing. Oh, dear. It's fucking padding their shows. So oh, in, my God. I'm going to pad the hell out of what I'm wearing to, just so I can, so I can, you know, go out in style, uh, in, in the proper ECW style, um, you know. Oh. It's not ECW without tons and tons of padding. Uh, so, oh god, he looks, For those of you not watching the video version of this, David looks completely ridiculous right now. I always look completely ridiculous. Excuse you. Mm-hmm. All so, right. Anyway, now we're now starting properly, the show. Now that I'm properly padded, yeah, for ECW. So we're starting to show Joey Styles is at ringside, and you can tell because the mic is shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you can barely hear him. But uh he says it's 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 Christmas is here, it's time for the season, it's time of the year for season's beatings or season's greetings. Season's beatings. I missed that part. (laughs) And he introduces his new color commentator for just tonight, Santa Santa Claus. Claus. And And here's and immediately the crowd starts booing. Booing! What? So okay. Here comes Santa Claus. Set to here comes Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> and but he's got his bag of gifts, and the crowd is just booing him. They're booing Santa Claus for some I, reason. I would expect nothing less from the ECW crowd that they would boo Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jesus. So many notes to start to start off. Oh fuck! I forgot to I forgot to to say for for the Bob Seger segment. Um, I for, I forgot to say what I what I said to you when we were recording. See, if this was truly extreme championship wrestling, if they were truly extreme, if Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman and all of them had any fucking balls, they would have set that nostalgic slam uh slam clip show uh to to Christmas shoes that would have been the I would have I would have fucking skipped that whole segment oh if man they it would have been up Christmas shoes I'd have skipped the whole damn thing would have been extreme though would have been extreme though I'm just saying anyway so yeah so so he so Santa Claus enters to so here comes Santa Claus he's getting fucking booed and 
not only is he getting booed, people start chanting for 911 to presumably come and choke slam Santa, which, you know, I feel like this crowd should have been at like WWE Christmas 2012 or whatever fucking year we watched. I feel like they would have been all in on Santa getting run over by a sports car. They would have, um, they would, Alberto Del Rio would have been the biggest baby face in the business. Yeah. You think, you think Alberto Rio is an untouchable face in Lucha Underground? Just, just wait and see how the ECW crowd reacts to him fucking running over Santa Claus. And, you know, maybe that's where Mick Foley got the idea. You know, Mick Foley did play Santa Claus in that. And I, I wonder if in the back of his head, as, as he was throwing himself, Violently into Alberto Del Rio's sports car, he got a um, uh, he got a little flashback to crowds chanting nine one one nine one one. Oh yeah, my god! Santa Santa Claus gets in the ring and he has like gifts. He's got like a hat and he's got like a T-shirt. Well, just say in a fucking in a fucking like just slightly just just like big plastic bag because of course we can afford a whole ass like decent Santa Claus costume. We can't afford a goddamn decent-looking bag to go with it. Welcome to ECW's budget. Yeah, so he f- starts throwing shit in the crowd, and then 911 comes out, and you can guess how this is going to go. 911 way- actually fucking chokeslam Santa, much to the crowd's approval. Clearly, uh, the, the the this audience have all gotten coal in their stockings before, and they're fucking salty about it. Um, ECW crowd is going on the naughty list. Oh, that's that's for that's true. That's that honestly scans. Crazy. ECW crowd seems like the type of people who would all unanimously be on the naughty list, right? Um, yeah. So uh, Joey Styles with the line, with my favorite, maybe my favorite line of the night on commentary. Well, I'll, I'll be home for Christmas, but Santa Claus is going to be spending time in the emergency room. <laughs> God damn. Also, um, I I have to wonder if if um since. 911 fucking you know murked santa uh i i i want a version of the santa claus that stars 911 after he choked slammed santa where he oh, then has to like become a, the, the new santa, santa claus this is like a the santa claus situation yes where he has killed santa and so he now invokes he the santa, santa claus. claus oh he, shit um and who comes to santa's rescue but the the pit bulls um because well, the pit bulls have their match with 911 as part of holiday hell so they just ran in to get that started <laughs> sure but, uh noted babyface 911 beats up santa claus <laughs> yeah so santa is clearly not a paul Heyman guy which means even santa enslaver of innumerable elves think paul Heyman's labor practices are a little too exploitative <laughs> Ho ho ho! Oh, this is too much, Paul. Hey, your goddamn war! Even I give my indentured servants a stipend. Ho 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 ho! ho. At least my elves are unionized. Ho 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 ho! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so so clearly Santa and Heyman are having a huge beef here about their about their labor practices. Big big workplace dispute here. No. Fucking hell. What is this? This is so dumb. No, it's great. I loved it. 10 out of 10. No notes. Mm-hmm. Um, 9 <laughs> on 1 just beats up Santa Claus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, then we then the Pitbulls run in. They start beating down on 9-1-1. Um, it starts as a 2-on-1 match. So Pitbulls dominate a lot of the early part of the match. Uh, 
um uh, da, 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 uh Joey Styles makes a note of Jason's style, uh Jason's uh, uh um um attire and is like, "Yeah, shoes by Versace, uh shirt by I did not catch what he said to this one and pants by Hefty." What is uh, he wearing? Yeah, you you were you were big on that line. I didn't even fucking catch it. Now, nah, I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a lot of what Joey Styles was saying tonight. He was wild. Joey Styles was losing it, man. Yep. What are you doing? I was taking a selfie so I could. I, I need to. I need to record my my beautiful uh, uh, thematic costume. Yeah, yeah. The the padding, you know. Got to get right. that that hashtag podcast out of context. This is going on Twitter, baby. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> so. Again, the match is mostly a two-on-one fight. At one point, uh, you know, 9-1 is trying. It actually is getting an upper hand, but then Jason runs in and attacks, uh, hits 9-1 from behind, and Pitbulls do a double choke slam on 9-1-1. Oh, good, 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 good. Tables have turned. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. The, what, what is what is happening? We're, we're, I guess tonight is the night of, like, Oops, everything's fucking in reverse because Santa Claus is a heel, apparently. Um, and Pitbulls and 911 cho- gets choke slammed for Christmas, and even more shit to come that will. So I guess I guess tonight Paul 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 Heyman was just like, yeah, you know what? Our Christmas gift to everyone is that we're switching up all the fucking gimmicks. Fuck you. <laughs> everything's going crazy. Uh, but 911 does kick out. And eventually he's able to fight off the pit bulls, get a double choke slam, and win the match. Pretty quick, pretty simple. 9 Yeah, why is this guy cool again? Because he's big and does choke slams. Ah, uh, yes. That, that's all you need. 9-1-1. Why is he called 9-1-1? Because... Because... That's you're gonna you're gonna need to call for help when he's done with you. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I hate it here. God damn! <laughs> How did ECW get so popular? This is such dumb bullshit. Oh my because, god! Because everyone loved this dumb bullshit. You know what? Fair enough. I I in my own way also love this dumb bullshit. I, I love this nine one one. I love how stupid and silly this nine one one thing is. He literally just runs in, choke slams people. I, I will say. I will say it, it is. It, ever since you described 911 to me and that Paul Heyman being a creative genius took a guy who couldn't wrestle and just made him one of their biggest stars purely because he was big and could choke slam, that remains one of the most remarkable parts of this whole fucking arc to me. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman does all the promos and 911 pretty much just choke slams people and it worked to die. And 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 it worked because they just because the bloodthirsty crowd just wants to see people including Santa Claus, get fucking murked yep. by big dude in a mullet. Yeah. I wrote, uh, I'm going to miss these commercials at this point. You know, there are a ton of, you know, the irregular ECW adverts. Uh, I, they have taken the, you know, uh, call today to have ECW appear in your school and community ads. I wonder why. I wonder but, why. But, you know, they've taken that away uh, out of the rotation. But, you know, I'm going to miss the ECW hotline where you can hear what your all your favorite ECW superstars have to say. Uncensored. Yeah, uh, I the that's that's what I'm wondering about most of all is what see what I wonder I I wonder what it means 
for them to be uncensored. We never really got clarifications. Like, is it just they're speaking their mind, or are they like allowed to say the f bomb? Like, like I mean, that f the, the f bomb is the f bomb is censored because I forgot to mention. He says is is that is uh, during the Shane Douglas Sherry Martell thing a couple weeks back is he ends the promo by saying, "And you can tell Flair yourself, fuck you," and they censor fuck. Of course they did. So what I'm hearing is is uh, all these goddamn ECW hotline calls just sounded like that one sketch from I Think You Should Leave where it's like, did any of these fuckers ever come out of the walls and say, oh, fuck, I gotta... <laughs> I I hate that I understand that reference now. This is yeah. your fault. This is, this is what it... This, this is our entire friendship, Austin. We introduce each other to the deeply cursed media that we're invested in, and just the, the we we take turns suffering for it <laughs> yep yeah, it's kind of like that one skiff, skiff the, i think we should leave coffin flop <laughs> that that is basically it yes i feel i feel like i feel like ecw would pair very well with coffin flop i could see paul paulie dangerously cutting the we just we just fucking film some funerals with the dead bodies flying out but they say they say this I I rigged this. I didn't I didn't rig shit. I didn't do shit. Yeah, I can I can hear Paul Heyman saying that. I can hear it too. That's the best part. Is I can hear it going on just like some promo rant about like him getting called out for his unsafe business practices or whatever. Like, I didn't fucking do this. <laughs> no, 100%. Um Absolutely. Uh, all right, anyway. so Joey Styles is hawking the shows. I made a note of this because he talks about how they're on Japanese cable TV. Yeah, which is funny because in one of their um, in one of their ads for for like the booking ECW, they keep saying the phone number in Spanish. I feel like they really should have been saying that phone number in Japanese. Uh, Joey Styles doesn't know Japanese, so I'm afraid that it would. <laughs> well, I would say learn some, but this is ECW. They didn't give a shit. No. Uh, they they are doing a pitch. They're doing a big thing for these. They're doing a tour in, in Florida at the beginning of the year. And so they are, like, going hard for this. And I get that. That's I don't know their full touring schedule, but, I mean, they're in mostly Northeastern company. So, like, mm -hmm. going all the way down to Florida was probably a big deal for them. They really needed that to be successful. <laughs> they were really talking that up. Mm -hmm. Um, which speak speaking of which, we go to a promo with woman and and nominally Sandman. Sandman, but woman does all the fucking talking. And this is this is amazing. Okay, so they woman and Sandman are cutting a promo about how they're going down to Florida, and the camera is tilted. It just the duchest of angle a little dutch angle it's, listen look if i've learned anything from movies made in the last 10 years it's that the most realistic is the way to just to get people to understand this is realistic is to constantly be shaking the camera that is Absolutely. what the, ecw was ahead of the curve they're not even they're shaking, shaking it all that much they're just kind of tilting it a lot and it, it feels like you're like fucking tv screen is crooked i had to like tilt my head to be like woman we good there so not only that but she makes sure to 
really highlight the fact something something they are politically incorrect well that's their new that's their new catchphrase if uh if uh sandman's t-shirt later is anything to go by is that there is that there we're wanting to let everyone know that we're politically incorrect and we're proud of it i see that sandman uh probably nowadays has a lot of things to say on twitter about the woke mob um i i don't think sandman has twitter and that's probably for the best can't believe i'm getting canceled for whoring out my wife and <laughs> and, and and beating her and beating my like female assistant and beating my wife and beating a whole bunch of people with the, the, cancel the woke culture mob at it again uh, cancel culture has gone too far, too far. if you can right. get canceled for for fucking whoring out your wife to an involuntary to like a question of uh to a level of dubious voluntarily-ism uh uh there's a lot of dubious consent to this yeah you can get canceled for anything um also 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 woman is doing this entire promo in like fucking asmr she's getting real up close to the uh the microphone to let you know that they're coming to florida and they're doing things real politically incorrect (laughs) And it's like, oh God, oh God, untilt the camera, back up, back up from the microphone. I begging you, bad, bad touch, bad touch, bad touch. <laughs> um, and then we cut over to to Joey Styles to do more an uh talking at the camera shit. And he's fucking I just realized he's fucking filmed at an angle too. Everyone here is filmed at a goddamn angle. You know, to 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 paraphrase uh, a most prescient quote. From the late great Roger Ebert, the general manager, Todd Gordon, has learned from Bretter Wrestling Promotions that promos sometimes tilt their cameras, but he has not learned why. <laughs> and I will give anyone in the in the audience five dollars if they know what the fuck that, that was a reference to. Yeah, I don't get I don't know what you're referencing. It was that was that was Roger either. Ebert's uh review of Battlefield Earth, because of course it was. Ah, uh, okay. I am not as familiar with the eat with Ebert's reviews. There, there are only a few that I kind of remember quotes from, and that's one of them. Uh, but any, anyway, so yeah, so Joey Styles is talking about I don't know some bullshit. I don't fucking know. We cut, we cut on backstage after that. To the pit bulls are mad that they lost two on one like scrubs, and yeah. they are yelling at Jason. And nearby is the bad. Oh, we, we choke, we choke, slam nine one one and everything. What the fuck do you mean we lost? Yeah, they cut on the bad breed. Ian and Axel Rotten are just like sitting there. Yeah, and they're like, hey, hey, losers! Remember how you lost two on one like a bunch of scrubs and pit bulls. Take that they, quite well. They, like a bunch start, of they no, started just, they, shit and they got hit. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta you, look, you can't, this is this is ECW. You can't start shit without getting hit. That would not be, in fact, as the technical term goes, a extreme. Yeah, so they they end up having a brawl. It's a pull-apart brawl in the back. So and they literally they do it is they brawl, they cut the commercial to do more hotline ads. And then and then they, and then they come f- back. For like thirty seconds of them, like, yeah, I'll choke slam you. Oh, let me out, let me out, and then they cut on back to more hotline ads. Well, they, this wasn't the. They, at one point, they cut away to an ad. I think fucking promoting a show where like it was gonna be uh pit bulls and bad breed fighting. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like just part of a direct fucking advertisement. Like, hey, 
Do you like seeing the bad breed star shit with the pit bulls? Well, come see alive. Ah. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, and then, and then more. Up, yeah, here we more. picked up a fucking local ad. Finally. Yeah. Is finally. Drink systems USA, which is just like workout equipment, I think, but it's really bad. And it, it was just like, this dude was just working out and some guy came up to him and was like, Hey, what workout equipment do you use? And he's like, I use equipment from, and they censor the name. And he's <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Well, have you ever considered strength systems USA? And then the guy's like, Whoa, I got to try that. And that's the whole ad. I would have loved it. If strength systems USA was also censored. out. I think it would have been <laughs> fucking great. Hey, what workout system do you use? Oh, you know, I use. Well, no. do you? Well, that's a bunch of pussy shit. You know what yeah. I use? I, I like a real fucking man. I use. But no, like having seen, you know, I've, who, who, who hasn't seen infomercials for workout equipment before? Uh, so I it just... never have. Not once. Not once ever before. I, huh. I, I live a sheltered life. I live under a rock. It's a sad existence. Oof, sorry, I feel sorry. I feel my life feels complete now. Thank you. For sorry, sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm used to Cartoon Network at 4:30 in the morning playing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Austin is a is a frequent watcher of of uh, workout ad infomercials P90, and P90X and or some shit. P90X P90X commercials and too many cooks reruns. <laughs> anyway, my point is is having. I'm used to them like trying to sell you on why this workout equipment is the bestest. And I was like, you didn't even, you didn't do shit in this ad. You were just like, have you tried ours? And they're like, whoa. <laughs> See, I, what I want to know is whether or not the, the sensor was part of the original fucking airing. Because... I feel like it is. Cause the joke is that, like, you don't want to like say anything about name a competitor a name drop a competitor. So like, bleep it out and then it's who and then it's like well who cares say do See, ours instead clearly the strategy is what what do, what do we have that all the other fucking companies lack a goddamn name you don't want to have a workout machine without a fucking name do you like yeah, some kind of chump name brands only pal we <laughs> say as as part of the the ad lineup for fucking ecw which is like the the five dollar store-bought kroger cake to the wwe's fucking like cake boss mega cake yeah it's a something but uh then we get a lengthy recap of the cactus dreamer sandman cairo stuff i don't know if you have any notes on it i obviously don't because all really i have cool. is that woman tried to bang bang cactus which is a great scandal and we all should be appalled at this yeah sandman was bang banging plenty in the main event and i was like oh oh wait wait wait, wait. I do have, this is kind of unrelated to the recap itself, but I did have one note that I noticed during the, I just kind of noticed for the first time that the ring ropes for ECW, I think this is consistent through everything we've watched, or at least most everything. Probably. Um, the ring ropes are the colors of AV cables, which is funny because like, I, I don't know, like you, nine times out of 10, you have to watch this shit through the bullshit you recorded through your VCR. Uh, but what the best part is, is that the ring ropes are the colors of AV cables complete with the middle one being unsure of whether or not it's designated color should be yellow or white. <laughs> you, you know, you know, that's always, what's the deal with AV? <laughs> I'm sad that I didn't notice this before and that we're at the end of this arc. So I can't like pay attention to it next time. 
It's like it's like the top one is red, the middle one is like yellow, but like the turnbuckle pads are white, and the bottom one is blue. Incredible. Amazing. So we after that whole ad bit, we go back to some local ads and there's an Ico Pro commercial. Yes, we have a fucking Ico Pro commercial, boys. You gotta want it. You gotta want it. See, here's what I realized. I see for I didn't realize that Ico Pro like was a thing that existed before WWE. I kind of assumed no, it, that Ico Pro was like a product directly commissioned by Vince and Company. No, it was. They were just trying to get rid of it. <laughs> okay it already here's, failed it here's was, what i realized ico pro was basically connected to the world bodybuilding federation which if i haven't mentioned that before oh is that's vince's, Vince, failed. vince's failed bodybuilding federation that he basically tried to turn into cartoony bullshit like wrestling except that doesn't work in the world bodybuilding. of bodybuilding no Though, uh, hmm, watching Vince McMahon try to do bodybuilding commentary is something we should consider for this podcast. Oh, no. I feel like I would lose all of my IQ. There's a few times it sounds like Vince is coming on camera, (laughs) quite frankly. (laughs) Oh, oh, you mean to tell me that Vince McMahon gets very aroused by, like, oily, super muscly, shirtless dudes? No goddamn way. You're yeah. that, that's impossible. Um, anyway, they no, no, yeah, no, 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 Ico, no. Ico, Ico Pro was like the thing they made to like go with that, and okay. then with it, and then because it failed because nobody wanted their shitty protein powder or whatever, it like after WWE stopped trying to hack it on air in '93, I guess now they're just trying to fucking get rid of all this shit. So. Here okay. we are. I'm gonna put on the tinfoil hat for a second. What I think is that these fucking Ico Pro commercials did goddamn gangbusters for uh for ECW. Because, like, I don't know, once you disassociate it with Vince's failed bodybuilding shit, all of a sudden, like, man, this is a hot product, right? Because I swear to god, they did Ico Pro commercials like post ECW bio, or at the very least, like like post 93. I swear to god, we've seen Ico Pro commercials them for like Attitude Era or um, or like even like ruthless aggression or something. I swear to God, we've seen Ico no Pro No way. Stuff. Maybe might maybe it snuck in on the attitude era, but there's no way they were still hot okay. Okay, I era. swear to God, they must have during. I swear to God, we saw some during attitude era because I those did that did not look like fucking um new generation era promos when I when I remember watching them. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but all this to say, clearly. The ECW buyout wasn't for the EC. It wasn't to get their hands on the ECW. It was to get their hands back on the rights for the real moneymaker, Ico Pro. Ah, Ico Pro, yet another failed business venture of Vince McMahon that who tried to diversify and be successful in literally anything that wasn't wrestling. And well, Man. here we are. Man, he just keeps just just hit. Just keep on hitting with these. Is there anything he can do besides wrestling? <laughs> Um, apparently the hideaway $19 million in hush money for like a, over a decade. Uh, 19 million so far. Oh. <laughs> At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if like fucking 10 years from now, they're like, and we found another million of we hush, found another Vince 10 million. Like, hush money. Of Vince, Vince McMahon's is, hush Vince money. Is de- Vince is dead. They're still finding money. <laughs> 
He's like, they're fucking, they're fucking like cremating. They're fucking, they're fucking like preparing Vince's corpse for his funeral. And as they're like, as they're putting formaldehyde in it or fucking whatever, it like pushes out like money that he just like crammed down his throat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, back God. To e- back to ECW is we also get an ad for a baseball training oh. video. Yeah. That Eat. claims to make. See, I thought for sure I, at first. At first, I thought it was being marketed to players, which would have been really funny. Of like baseball players trained to this tape, even though like, this is a fucking VHS tape, and you need to like be outside to properly do any of this. But no, it's like an instructional video for like just telling coaches how to put together like a d- practice regime, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like for coaches to help them be better at coaching, and it creates fun and engaging practices for players of any skill level but like throughout the commercial they're exclusively showing like 10 year olds <laughs> yep i wish we could get a hold of that vhs check that there, out dude there's there was some like baseball coach out there that was watching ecw and like fucking called in for that tape and he like showed up at, at his next practice like listen here you fucking maggots i ordered this tape off of an ezw ad and dad gummit it promised us championship tier training so you go out there and win championships for me or i'm gonna fucking kill all of you yeah that sounds about right i i i i I unironically could see that right so then we get person to watch ecw the type of person to treat to to treat a little league team like that yeah probably (laughs) uh so we then get to the match tommy cairo comes out with the virgin princess angel who is in a white wedding dress and cowboy boots underneath question mark oh but then as soon as she comes out joey styles is like hey listen here millie vanilli didn't sing their own damn songs he makes a couple of other references I missed because I was ECW is the number one is is the number one wrestling. And if, if you are around the Philadelphia area, you know that Angel is not a virgin. Yeah, Joey Styles is like violently insistent on the fact that Angel is not, in fact, a virgin. Because if there's one thing that we love more than slut shaming sluts in the dear wild world of wrestling especially in the 90s it's slut shaming virgins mm-hmm. equal uh, opportunity that's what i'm talking yeah, so about it was like as soon as i saw what he was going with where he's like millie vanilli doesn't sing their own songs i was like <laughs> oh fuck call <laughs> he's saying she's not a virgin joey styles noted an angel angel virginity truther yeah and then there's a sign dude in the front row who has like a bazillion signs every show. Yeah. As a, Cairo comes sign. out. I wonder if it's the same guy. guy. I, oh, I, I'm sure it is the same guy. But all hail sign guy. The sign guy has a sign. He is also, the crowd is also, also on the train that Angel is uh, but a whore who has definitely had sex before because a sign guy has a sign that says angel is a virgin and hogan is a wrestler because you yeah. see it's a joke because they are in fact <laughs> hogan is not a wrestler there you know angel is not a virgin you know it that i wish i could find that funny i wish i could find it funny 
because I love me some digs on Hulk Hogan. But goddamn, why did we have to be so weird about this woman being supposedly not a virgin? Why? Yeah, don't totally get it either. I was like, okay, I I, I didn't realize that was what the storyline was going to be they, with her. Yeah, they don't really play into her being a, a secret slut, do they? I don't know. I've I've never heard of her before. I don't know who this woman is. I don't. I barely know who Tommy Cairo is. I don't know. The best, the best, the best part is it's all all these all these motherfuckers being like, oh yeah, this fucking this fucking crazy slut who's totally not a virgin as if half of them don't go home and start like angrily whacking it to the idea that they will never get to be with angel hey they know that she is not a virgin because they there are plenty of them in the audience no virgins and she ain't no virgin <laughs> hey oh we love we love some classics we if they want to pull out their classics of slut shaming virgins we'll We'll pull out the classes of virgin shaming, the dweebs, and the fucking audience. Hey -o! Virgin shame virgin shaming is not okay, guys, unless it's wrestling fans. Unless it's okay. wrestling fans. And <laughs> then, then absolutely and then, let them have it. Actually. Please, please. Wrestling fans are the worst. I say as a wrestling fan, we deserve to be virgin shamed. <laughs> That's going on a t-shirt one day. You anyway. You can't virgin shame me. You look this the flag behind me. I'm good. The whole the whole point is that I take pride in this shit, you idiot. Give it to me. I feed on. Anyway, then we I, I meant I teased in the front half. This was a big episode to have the the original dubbed music on, and I was and I, my reference to was this entrance with the Sandman, as yeah. this is the very first time he came out to enter Sandman by Metallica, which yeah, would be took him long enough. Which will be his signature song. Uh, and uh, Paul Heyman knew he had an extremely popular song that he was stealing. That he, that he did. He did. He, he did. He, he, once again, he worked damn hard to steal this song fair and square. Because Sandman and Woman posed around the ringside for the entire length of the almost five minute song. Oh my God. Oh, they, they, I, you know, I feel like on one hand that could have been a send up to Sandman's like around the world thing, but like they, they definitely were milking it a little bit. They're like, God damn it. Appreciate the fucking song. Yeah. See, the question is, will they do that going forward? Will Sandman continue to spend all fucking five minutes? Will this yes. end up being a lo a longer entrance than Judas? Yes, I've seen other Sandman entrances. He will milk this, usually by drinking and hitting himself in the and breaking beer cans over his head, Damn. and swinging his kendo stick around. He will see, milk it for now, every time. Now I want I want to see AEW have the balls to let fucking Tarzan boy play for all of its like glorious six and a half minutes or whatever the fuck. Just see how long they can keep the fans' arms waving. Oh, I wonder. I wonder how long it would be. A, I, you know, if Sandman could do it, fucking it, more people should get on the just letting the whole ass song run out. Run it on a loop. Why don't you? Just ten minute, ten minute intros. ECW. Clearly, they knew what the fuck was was up. They knew what the fans wanted, and that's full 
uh, uh, unabridged entrance <laughs> songs. Yep. Uh, uh, at one point, the you know woman and Sandman stop in front of the ring to to light the cigarette, and uh, Joey Styles like maybe you should stop smoking as a New Year's resolution. Oh yeah, and as they were coming out, he had a thing about like forget the milk and cookies, leave out a peg of unfiltered menthol. Yeah, because he's like, because he's like, yeah, imagine, imagine if Sandman came came to your house for Christmas. Yeah, that which I feel like this audience would be far more amenable to than they would actual fucking Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I made a. I, I asked, is the ECW arena supposed to be a non-smoking building arena? Because Joey Styles alludes to that. I don't know. I am almost surprised if it were because. I feel like they just wouldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I wrote weirdly babyface vibes from Sandman and Woman. Like, not exactly, but like the crowd was kind of receptive to him in certain parts of when they were fucking around. And like, Dude, that's the magic times- part of like having having like entrance music that everyone can get down with. You can yeah. be the most dastardly piece of shit, but if you have a good entrance song, people don't care. They want to fucking jam to the entrance music, and then you can get away with, with whatever the fuck you want. Like there are multiple points where the crowd, where like he, the crowd gives him one of their chairs so he can like pose on the chair. The oh my corner. god! Uh, it was, I was like, whoa. Which I mean, I guess Sandman will be a babyface eventually, but weird <laughs> spot here, I think, for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I made it. I, I wrote cool look from woman. I like the red pants. <laughs> no, honestly, we have not given. Uh, dear nancy sullivan enough credit in this era for how good her drip is nancy sullivan is drippy drippy and we gotta throw it out to her for just like impeccable style every single fucking time absolutely true oh my god queen of queen of fashion you know i feel like i feel like nancy sullivan could have been like if if she had just been like a little less focused on being the the surrogate wife for sandman to hate uh and a little more focused on like just giving a hot couture advice to all these like fucking schlubs that are all around her she would have been a little little more a little little, 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 little bit more of an enjoyable presence you know yeah i i kind of you you make you 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 gave me a good point to bring this up but like the relationship between sandman and woman is a lot funnier when we're actively acknowledging kevin sullivan is is her husband on air yeah and it's still just like sandman is constantly being like i hate my wife posting to her you didn't have fucking peaches anymore so just just nancy's his wife now but also not his wife but he is gonna wife post about her anyway sandman's like that's cool she's my wife now sandman (laughs) is a cuck you know between, well, I between, guess no. I guess technically Kevin Sullivan is the cuck here, isn't he? Because he is the, the one. Oh, oh, yeah. He is the husband. And Sandman already. Sandman already spent plenty of time getting cucked with the whole like whoring out peaches thing. All right. Yeah. Uh, he, he. It's somebody else's turn now. He's. He needs his vengeance. You know. I also just realized with with woman's very sharp sense of fashion uh, and her clear skills for ASMR. Really, we should have gotten the alternate universe where Nancy Sullivan came along way later and woman was like a fucking successful YouTuber with a guy with a goddamn zillion subscribers who like ASMRs about just she random bullshit wearing like, hot. Oh, she would, she would have been great. Uh, I think, I think that would have been a, a much, a much 
much more pleasant road for her to go down than just hanging around with miserable prick Sandman in ECW yeah. and trying to murderize Tommy Dreamer for reasons. Yeah, uh, we, the, the entrance takes so long we have to go to commercial after it before the I know come out. And before we go to commercial, though, Joey sounds like, hold on to your eggnog, forget the mistletoe, we're taking it to the extreme. We we just gotta throw in those Christmas references because it's the why, Christmas episode, baby. Dude, I'm so disappointed that Sandman's Singapore cane this week wasn't like wrapped in like fucking red and white uh, candy cane wrapping paper or some shit. That, that would have been dope. so metal. Oh my god. I I would have paid good money for that. I wanted everyone to be so much more Christmas themed. And instead we just got Joey Styles like awkwardly trying to cram in like corny Christmas one-liners because this is ECW and that's all we can give you. Fuck you. We're, we're too cool to do sincere Christmas goofiness. Yeah, instead, we'll just give you really, like, dumb, quippy Christmas goofiness. And 911 choke-slamming Santa. Incredible. Uh, so, Jack uh, and Tommy come out. They pretty much immediately run in and start whooping ass. Of course um, they do. The most of the match is them fighting around on the outside, not technically starting the match yet. Um... But so I wrote somebody brought a baking sheet and a frying pan for Cactus to use to clock Sandman. You know, I wonder if they got this shit back half the time, or if this was just basically donations to, like, the ECW locker room arsenal. I'd like to think they're donations, whether Absolute. they be or not. It's fucking Paul Heyman is, like, outside. Paul Heyman ain't, but, uh, Paul Heyman ain't, bring, ain't giving back them that frying pan. He's like, he's, like, outside of the arena beforehand, like, fucking panhandling for, like, give us more weapons, please. Now nah, he he's he's holding on to that frying pan. It's nonstick. It was, it's you know it's very nice. It's very nice. Oh frying shit! Got to he's got to get that bougie shit. You know, absolutely. Uh, uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Dreamer came in in a fucking hockey mask for some reason. Hockey mask and wearing Cactus Jack's merch, which is really funny to me because wasn't this once upon a time supposed to be like Tommy Dreamer's big push, and now he's just like being a fucking Cactus Jack simp indirectly. Eh, he's always kind of been a little bit of a Cactus Jack simp. I guess. But it's so funny to me that, like, this is kind of, like, how this feud starts to fizzle out. And it's, like, the feud that birthed the true Tommy Dreamer in fire. And it ends with, like, Cactus Jack kind of being the main event of it, it all. Ends with, it ends with it being about Cactus Jack. But Tommy Dreamer got his... Got his character arc and now and then we're uh, then you, you guys get the point we're, we're done with him fuck you we're moving on we're moving on you know i mean they do normal ecw hardcore shit all over the back here they got chairs they got chairs they got canes they're hitting they everything canes. concussions abound as we're just oh, hitting yeah. each other in the face with oh with everyone's weapons. head everyone's heads are getting bonked everybody's absolutely going to horny nobody jail. is it's taking a goddamn a massacre absolutely nobody is taking a protected chair shot to the head oh no these fuckers are taking it to square out this fucked up crowd with with lumps of coal in their stockings ain't getting nothing less all right now um, uh, at uh, some point they start doing that the ecw fan cam and i wrote why is it on angel but really it was only ever on the female managers oh yeah i mean that's what the fans are here for wrestling. Psh, no, we just want to look at hot women. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, there are a few ECW women who exist for that purpose. I would argue a lot of them do. Uh, at one point, uh, Tommy Dream, uh, Cactus Jack is fighting off Tommy Cairo and Sandman on the outside. And Tommy Dreamer tries to do a suicide dive and misses everybody. Yes. Uh, and he comes and, and Joey Styles calls out. He's like, Dreamer out of nowhere and missed everybody. He just lands square in the middle space between them all. And just oh, yeah. It's so funny because on the concrete. he says it with the indotation of like, that was a super awesome move, but it's just Tommy Dreamer fucking whiffing it. And Joey Styles being like, ah, Tommy Dreamer out of nowhere and missed everybody. Just, Joey Styles did not skip a beat. He's like, Tommy Dreamer whiffed that one. And I'm extremely excited about it. Also, um, Nancy, uh, Sandman and Cairo are all kind of like bang, bang, mocking cactus jack which i find hilarious because when we did the very first episode of this arc we and kyle especially just glommed on to the to the goddamn bang bang thing and i thought it was just kind of like us taking it to a weird extreme i'm so glad everybody was as fixated on the bang bang spot as we were in that first episode because clearly it's a matter of great disrespect to go bang bang at cactus i mean his wcw theme makes it clear that he is better known as mr bang bang so you know this is it would be it's offensive to steal mr bang bang's bang bang (laughs) that sentence that is the most beautiful sentence austin i think i've ever heard in my life it is offensive to steal mr bang bang's bang bang um, amazing. It's mm-hmm. offensive to steal Mr. Bang Bang's Bang Bang. Beautiful. That wins the award for best sentence ever. Okay, cool. Yep. Brand new sentence right there. Brand, brand new sentence. A sentence that nobody has ever said before. Absolutely not. Uh, the match devolves into a real match at some point. They all get in the ring eventually after hitting each other in the head with chairs for about 10 minutes. Um, I made a note that Sandman managed to do a good top rope leg drop. He even does it twice, which makes me think somebody told Sandman to stop do the fucking stop doing the fucking elbow drop you can't hit. <laughs> because the leg drop is a lot looks a lot better. I am honestly surprised that we actually saw a tangible improvement in that from Sandman. Uh and then I wrote Tom at one point Tommy Dreamer is in the ring and he does like the dusty road the Dustin Rhodes like drop down and then punches Tommy Cairo square in the dick. The Greco-Roman dick punch, as I call it. The Greco-Roman dick punch makes that shit sound so classy. So classy, in fact, that I feel like it should be like not outlawed. Like that should be the one low blow we allow as long as it's of the Greco-Roman variety. It's just so fucking classic. Of course, it's proper yeah. wrestling technique. Proper wrestling technique. I feel like you could just add Greco-Roman onto anything and it becomes like proper wrestling technique. Uh Cactus Jack was was waiting out for the Greco-Roman tag. Uh absolutely abs- absolutely. Which was kind of hilarious because Dreamer uh uh Cairo and Sandman were still kind of two on oneing sand uh dreamer in the ring and cactus jack just stood there because you know he gotta he's he's gotta follow the tag rules cactus jack who very much cares about rules and etiquette um and isn't totally just in this shit for himself mm-hmm. not like we explicitly lampshaded before the cactus jack kind of doesn't give a shit about tommy dreamer or anything 
Yeah, Kyra and Sandman whoop it, uh, whoop on Dreamer. They mm. Sandman does the bang bang in uh, bang, Ky- bang. in Jack's face, and then does the around the world spike pile driver mm-hmm. to Tommy. Uh, at this point, Jack decides to run in the ring and start doing shit. And Cactus Jack he hits a big DDT on Tommy Cairo while Sandman is too busy punching Tommy Dreamer, and then Cactus Jack gets the pin off of that. Yeah, again, fucking this is the match that culminates the Tommy Dreamer and Sandman feud, and it ends with Cactus Jack pinning Tommy Cairo. What? Tommy Cairo, who's spotting this, already doesn't make a lick of fucking sense because he was just actively against Sandman for the longest time. But on top of that, yeah, on top of that, he has kind of the least to do with any of this shit. And Sandman uh, is, you know, he's the real kind of provocateur, and Cairo's just along for the ride for some reason. And and Cactus Jack is brand new off of this, and he's here because Sandman attacked him, but he gets the pin on Cairo. What? All right, sure. Booking decisions. Uh, Todd, what are you doing? So the fighting continues. Uh, and at one, uh, Sandman tries to get his cane, and then Dreamer steals it away from him, and he starts blasting. He blasts Sandman, and then he threatens to hit Woman, and Angel runs in the ring to try to protect Woman, and and he's he honestly Tommy Dreamer looks like he's gonna hit angel instead and cactus jack gets a microphone he's he's like don't do it tommy don't do it okay you're you're underselling it a little bit because what it came across as was yeah i admit my my understanding of what he said was from uh joey styles what he said that he said you could not understand cactus jack at all uh, fun fact, Cactus Jack was actually um, practicing for his audition for a regional production of The Who's Tommy. Tommy! So Cactus Jack, you think, is for some reason de-escalating the situation. And he's asking Tommy Dreamer to give him the candles. Again, the candles famous, fa- famous respecter of rules and decorum. And he does... And then he hits he hits Angel with he hits the cane. Angel just beans Angel straight over the fucking head with the with the Singapore cane. And then Sandman and Cairo run in, and he also beans them with the cane. So really, Jack just wanted to do it himself. Yeah, messy endings, messy endings for all. However, that is the match. I I had fun with it. It was it was, it a was fun, fun brawl. It, little, is, it was a little disappointing in terms of like what it could have been. But I guess this isn't really ECW, so you got to temper your expectations a little bit. And I think I think it is weird that it that kind of was focused on Jack so hard when like yeah, and Jack was, pins Cairo. Why? Like if Dreamer pins Sandman, we did everything basically the same. Probably is come feels better. Yeah, but whatever. Dreamer's team gets the win, the yeah. final win here. I guess. Much rejoicing, yada yada. We get a long win. Then we cut on back to end the episode. We cut back to Joey Styles, and he gives a long-winded monologue about Stevie Richards. And yeah. okay, and, and so, okay, context through a lot of what he's talking about. Okay. Uh, he's he's ranting about Scotty Flamingo. Scotty Flamingo was a w was a wrestler in the WWF in the early nineties, 
and his character was basically like a, a polo yuv- loving yuppie who was a heel manager in the WWF and they fired him and he would proceed to then become the ECW and be Raven. The, oh, hey. Yeah, you you know Raven, the cool cult guy. Damn, we got we got some. I love I love that he just like, in order to change his gimmick for ECW, just switches birds to something more edgy. Yeah, so he I feel like so Tommy Dreamer gives this whole rant about how Scotty Flamingo has allegedly left the business to go manage Pearl Jam, which feels like a huge reference to Raven in the near future because Raven comes out to even flow by Pearl Jam as his entrance song. But Stevie Richards has decided to like, now that Scotty Flamingo has allegedly retired, he has decided to start doing a copycat of Scotty Flamingo. And he is wrestling now as Stevie Flamingo. And this feels like the beginning of the blue world order. Like, obviously it's going to be a couple years because the NWO isn't until 96, but this feels like how this got started is Stevie Richards be doing a, a Scotty Flamingo cosplay and like domino ourselves to eventually he's going to do an NWO parody. I am here for it. Honestly, Blue World Order seems so fucking goofy and I'd probably get annoyed with them at some junctures based on what I've seen of them. But also the idea of just parodying how ridiculous the fucking New World Order got is so funny to me that I have to be on board with it on principle because mm-hmm. that shit is hysterical. Right. So after a quick so, video, so 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 just I, I just need to clarify. Of we we saw so much history in this in this arc. We saw ECW telling the NWA to go fuck itself and becoming extreme. We saw the rise of Tommy Dreamer, ECW legend. We saw. I don't know, weird shit with Shane Douglas doing Shane Douglas championship stuff. And trying we to shoot, saw trying to shoot fight Ric Flair in a part in Disneyland. Trying to shoot fight Ric Flair. Uh and we saw the beginning of the dominoes to the blue world order. Just the slightest hint of that domino getting pushed over. Oh yep. my god. Just one last random bit of like, oh hey, this happened too, by the way, for yeah. this arc amazing absolutely uh then before we sign off uh joey styles throws it to well the he fucking... joey styles says thank you for joining us for what has been mm-hmm. the most extreme christmas special ever which hmm press x to doubt a little bit on that one i think hmm but hmm. Hmm. <laughs> however before we leave he throws it to the public enemy what one else? more time we get one more public enemy I promo i swear to god pretty much every single episode we watched except maybe november to remember was a fucking public enemy promo as i told david is i've been is i is, is i found oh, following a website that heaps results from the week to week of ecw in the year 94 and allegedly um public enemy did 32 promos in 1994 that is too low they definitely did more than that i refuse to believe only 32 that's a goddamn lie it is im fucking possible for them to have done 
any less than 365 promos. I don't know. They weren't even airing one show a day, but they still had one promo for every fucking day of the year. I guarantee goddamn it. There's, it is, it is mathematically, statistically impossible that it was anything less than that. That's a damn lie. Yeah. Stop lying. So let's end it off on a public enemy note is so public enemy is at the Rockefeller Plaza at the ice rink. And they're like, ah, it's a good Christmas, Johnny. And they literally swipe somebody's wallet <laughs> immediately. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because the, the joke is that they're poor, I guess. That they're criminal thugs who steal. Because- also, can we just shout out like the, again, the, the, they were clearly trying to compensate for their lack of production value by just throwing all of the like dumb bullshit in that they could. The the stolen music, the wonky camera angles to make things feel cool, and like the goddamn like Windows iMovie After Effects whatever tier shitty effects. So we have like this weird like picture in picture frame of them yes. talking while like the rest of the scene is like slightly blurred out around them. What just just because why not? Just because we can. No reason. We just can. Sure. Literally uh, edited by like a ten year old who just got their hands on their first. Uh, their we first just learned. We just learned how to do this, so we gotta we gotta put it in. Fun fun fact: Paul Heyman was so fucking cheap that he delegated editing responsibilities to the local elementary schools, like fifth grade IT class. They they you you don't have to pay fifth graders. Was Paul Heyman's philosophy? <laughs> they get they get paid in good grades and yeah. exposure and exposure hey, uh, exposure was paul Heyman's favorite thing to pay in <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, and so yeah. they they're talking about how they want to steal the christmas tree at rockefeller center and johnny and rocco rock says it's a good idea because hey get it rocco Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center, and they are like, and I think Johnny Grunge is like, how we, no, no, it's Johnny Grunge, no, Johnny Grunge is the one who's like, I don't know how we're gonna do this, Rocco, uh, because he's like, how are we gonna fit this in the house, in our house, uh, Rocco, and Rocco's answer is simply that we're just gonna cut some off the bottom, and then we'll make it fit. Oh uh, yes, you just gotta you just gotta take a little bit of the trunk off. And then Johnny, and then Johnny Grunge then points out how we gonna pay the electric bill for this. Clearly, clearly, uh, Johnny and Rocco have never seen fucking National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Nah, apparently just, not. But just you know, it, it, it'll fit. It's fine. Don't worry about it. After doing um, some bits on it, they do say "Merry Christmas," blah 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 blah. They say, uh, and and then let's go jumpstart that fucking crane to steal the giant. Oh yeah, they talk about how they're gonna go jumpstart the crane over there and go grab the tree. Also, I never realized the implications that they were roommates, which I would love to believe is euphemistic. And they were roommates. And they were. Ro- that's literally what I have in my notes. And they were roommates. <laughs> Johnny. Oh man. So yes, ending with what else? One last public enemy promo, wishing us a merry, merry Christmas here on August eleventh. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird to be doing a Christmas episode in August. Yeah, I was like, I mean, hmm. We had to end it where we had to end it. Oh, so. fair, fair enough. Uh, 
unlike un unlike Tony Khan, Austin is not a fan of of putting off finishing storylines until it's convenient for us again. Oof. Oof. Infinity, oof. Um, yeah, so that is ECW 94. I mean, we had a lot of ups and we had a lot of downs, but truthfully, I had a blast. Me and too. I, I think I came away with this understanding how this shit became like the cult wrestling shit of the 90s. Yes. Like, okay, it was it was dumb. And if this was like the wrestling that I was trying to consume on a weekly basis, I don't know if I could do it. It was really dumb, padded as all hell, and just at times so fucking skin deep. However, given the cultural zeitgeist of the time that it came out, and, you know, the sensibilities of wrestling fans at the time, and some of the kind of legitimately cool, uh, unique, and at times, actually kind of really intelligent shit that they could do. It's easy to see why this got so big. This was, for its time, clearly legitimately edgy. I don't say that with derision. This is clear. Yeah. This was clearly legitimately, like, an edgy thing to put out there. Mm-hmm. And, it and you know, back before the days of, like, wrestling fans being super fixated on mo work rates, uh, at least mm-hmm. American wrestling fans, um... This was the shit to be at. It was weird. It was brutal. It didn't give a shit about just thinking about anything. It was just send big beefy boys out there and have them beat each other up. It doesn't even need to be super technical. Just go out there, beat each other up, swear at each other, and shit on everybody else around us and act kind of detached. And by doing that they legitimately probably were the coolest thing in the industry when they came blazing onto the scene like this, especially with telling the NWA to go fuck themselves. And especially with the fucking like Phoenix rising Tommy dreamer storyline, which was at the end of the day at its core, despite like the weird shit, it kind of fizzled out into at the end was legitimately pretty fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would definitely love to try this again. When yeah. in more a little more deeper into ECW's real peak, with the you know the kind of con, the kind of guys that people know ECW for. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But that'll be a while's off. Um, for our next arc in this segment, another is, new arc. Yeah, is I had I went back and forth on a lot of things to do for this arc, but I kind of had a, a revelation even today was really when I came to this idea today. Yeah. Today, to be honest. Uh, So I wanted to go back to the golden era of WWF uh, from where, um, but the problem is, is that a lot, what I wanted to do, it's hard to sometimes find the week to week programming to follow. But here's the thing in the 90, in the eighties and the nineties, the WWF famously did a ton of uh, VHS releases with with Coliseum Home Video, mm-hmm. they were they were the partners who who, who put out the weekly, who put out the uh, pay per views to b- go for home video release. However, they also did a lot of original content with the Coliseum release. They did you know v- match compilations and um, 
uh, uh, wrestler bio career biographies and all sorts of cool stuff. A lot of matches that were were never before aired on TV even putting out for the Coliseum home video release. That's and cool. on Peacock, but back it, they originally put it on the network, but then they moved it over to Peacock is they put out about three dozen or so of the Coliseum home video releases from the 80s and the 90s. So oh, for our next arc here in this, in our like pre-Attitude Era segment of our show, we are going to watch a curated selection of five of these Coliseum home video releases. Oh, shit. Okay. That's yeah. kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited now that I've actually looked into it and seen some of the stuff we're going to watch. I'm very excited to look, to watch it myself. Yeah, I keep, I, I keep like my, my, um, my opinion and my like feelings toward the golden age are like ever evolving. And it's something I want to keep diving back into. Cause it was like simultaneously, like sometimes fucking gangbusters and sometimes some of the most corny bullshit ever. And like, I can't believe this, this was like the coolest thing ever back in its day but there is some kind of really incredible stuff buried in there and yeah i'm intrigued to see what this could be this is like the bedrock of like mainstream wrestling history in the in the modern day and i'm always down to learn more about that so fuck yeah i'm i'm ready yep so that is for a few episodes from now and we get on back to this part mm. of our cycle but for now for next time we will be returning to Lucha Underground. David, <laughs> we have only three more episodes of this podcast left in season one. Five more episodes of the show left. Wow. We are coming on down the way. We, um, It is truly the beginning of the end of season one of Lucha Underground. Pen uh. Ultima Lucha is right around the corner. Oh, love me some Boyle Heights. Let's yep. take a fucking trip. So we will be returning to that next week. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. Oh, friends, dear, dear friends, thank you for joining us on, once again, another wonderful episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We thank you all so much for being here. Veteran listeners, viewers, what have you, you know the drill. Thank you so much for, once again, welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is used to consume our contact our content. We are so happy to have you here. New people. Hey, how's it going? Uh, welcome. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to, friendly, like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all this crazy bullshit, either way, we hope you've had a great time here. We hope you feel welcome here. We hope you would like to continue to keep coming back with us and have a great time week after week after week. If you would like to keep having a great time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, well, not to worry, my friends. I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Give us that sweet, sweet engagement. Uh, check out all of our playlists. Awesome isn't kind enough to uh, organize all the storylines that we follow into their own separate playlists. So if there's anything you want to kind of follow all the way down without doing a whole lot of skipping around, you got that right there. And in our more recent episodes, you can see our like lovely faces 
and our, you know, beautiful little new HUD and everything and all the secret visual gags that we hide in there for all the people who deign to who deign to watch us week after week. Yeah, like uh, they, like David putting on way too much clothes for this look, episode. It I did it for them. You gotta commit to the bit. I say as if I didn't take it off halfway through because it got way too blazing hot in this fucking I, anyway. I, was, I was wondering how long you'd actually be able to keep that on. I tried to stick it out, but I'm like, no, this is going to get miserable and I'm going to lose brain function. Anyway, uh, but for those of you who are fans of the audio-only experience, we have something for you. Of course, we can find uh, you can you can find us, dear lord, on three of the best places to find your podcast, which are Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come check us out there rate us give us a nice little five star rating if you like give us a nice little review download our episodes whatever it is to give us that engagement those metrics that tell the algorithm and tell our people hey these guys are pretty cool and maybe you should check them out i don't know i'm just saying noobs and knockouts podcast spotify google and apple podcast but of course you can also get in contact with us on the interwebs with our social media first and foremost is our twitter you can find us on twitter at noobs and Knox pod that's noobs the letter n Knox pod on twitter uh come check us out there we, we post memes, we engage in discourse, we post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys always know what the hell's going on. And of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Sure, every week, 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS is AEW Dynamite. Uh, both me and David watch, live, watch that live pretty much every week. Uh, and we're at, least, at least one of us is usually live tweeting it. Uh, so that is our normal thing, but also I keep up with WWE and impact and I will also, and I live tweet the pay-per-views of all three of those companies. So upcoming on that is WWE on September the 3rd has clash at the castle. Their their first uh, major event in the United Kingdom since 92 SummerSlam. It's been quite a while so far. We got three matches on the card. We got Roman Reigns versus Daru McIntyre for the Uwu Championship. Uh, though rumors have it that perhaps one of the they're going to split the world titles uh, on the in this show. Rumors abound that USA Network wants a, a uh, world champion again. God, uh, so damn it! Please, the Uwu title might not be long for this world. No, please, please don't split the titles, ooh-woo. Ooh-woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then also just announced this past week on Raw is beyond the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka taking on Bayley, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Yeah. Woman tag team match. And if it were me, if I was the one booking the show, of course, I would have Dakota Kai and EO Sky win the tag belts and then make the six-woman tag a winner-takes-all tag team match. Oh, so that Bailey can buddy. win the match and also become the women's champion. But that's just me. Yes! Oh, what a dream. Dream come true, that would be. So, yes, that is the three matches announced so far. It's still a few weeks ago on the show, so expect more matches to come as we go along uh also that same weekend as it turns out on september the 4th is all out labor day weekend baby uh air at all out so aw all out so far the only match set officially is the tournament final for the inaugural aw world trios championship oh hell yeah Um, that'll be sweet but of course 
this week on Dynamite, of course, CM Punk and John Moxley was heavily teased. So you know, unifying we'll the, the AEW Championship probably going to happen. We'll see. We'll see though. And then for Impact Wrestling, they like AEW only do four pay per views a year. So in Bound for eight Impact's next pay per view, Bound for Glory, will be taking place on Friday, October the seventh. So no match is set for that yet, but we'll keep you updated on that as we go along. Absolutely. So be sure to check all that out. It's a great time over on the Twitter. If you, for some reason, like listening to us ramble about wrestling once a week, you'll like it over on the Twitter. Our voices carry over pretty fucking consistently. We're a pretty good time to watch wrestling with, too. And, you know, you got Austin being all smart and me being all, like, bullshit memery. It's a great time. Check us out. Uh, I, I, I do my own dumb bullshit memory. You do your own dumb I, dumb bullshit I, memory too. I, I put Ty, I put Ty Mello Anthony out there into the world. This is true. However, you also have references uh, that I, that I, I do. don't. That I don't. And that, that's the true measure of intelligence. But either way, noobs at noobs and Noxpod on Twitter. Of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, we also have our email address. You can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, requests, things you want to see more of, less of. Uh, just generally come tell us how based our hot takes are, how dumb they are, yell at us, whatever whatever you want to do. Just it just just come talk to us. Hey, we we love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. And finally, you can also find us and support us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. One dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Shout out to our one dollar tier friend of the show, the sugar daddy Kyle Smith, for your support. Uh enjoy your perks, buddy. If you want to join Kyle and uh enjoy perks along with him, uh come check us out on the Patreon at noobs and knockouts it's a great time you can find the link on the twitter yep uh see y'all next time hasta luego <laughs>